much. What a gift uh, you are, and uh, the gift of music is such a great thing to be reminded of, uh, especially on the Sunday after Christmas. Uh, There are other gifts to me, and I'd be remiss if I didn't say thank you to your staff. Uh, who helped carry along our last several services uh, without me. I'm um, just grateful to Stephen and Steve and Chris and Monica and for your service to the church, and we are blessed because of you. Um, I came home several times leading up to Christmas and would find packages outside my door. And uh, so wonderful to, to do that because uh, when you find packages that have been sent to you, at least for me, uh, I... Gift receiving is not my huge primary love language, if you're familiar with uh, the love languages, but I do uh, appreciate gift receiving because it, it lets me know that somebody's been thinking about me, and it also lets me know that they spent some time putting something together and sending it to me, and uh, it's always good to be reminded of that, and uh, do you ever send packages around Christmas time for birthday? What what are some of the things that you have to consider if you're to send something to someone that you love? No fruits and vegetables. No fruits and vegetables, yes. It's better if things won't spoil in transit. That's good. Is it something they want? Okay. Maybe something they need, which I know my children don't always like that. Um, They'd rather have things they want, but yes, that's good. Always giving something. What else? What, when you're shipping a package, mailing it to somebody, you're sending it to somebody, what do you think about it? The size of the box I need to put it in. The size of the box you need to put it in, that's right. If you're like me, you take a small gift and put it in a really big box, because it looks more impressive that way. But I think you're probably thinking of something else. For me, yeah, a smaller box means less money, right? That's important. What else? Time frame. Time frame, yeah. It's important. If you want it to get there before Christmas... That you get to the post office of the UPS store before the right time frame. That's right. That's always important. When we package up gifts and, and we send them by courier, through the mail, whatever the system is, we are trying to communicate something of love to someone. That we have thought about them, thought about what they would like. We have tried to put it together in a, in a way that's timely and, and we give it to them um, because that's important. We do it with love. We do it in a timely way. And when Jesus came into the world, He didn't just come, He was actually sent to us. He was given to us. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 4, I want to invite you to open there, that in the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son. You see, Christmas time isn't just about Jesus coming to the world. Jesus didn't merely just Show up on the scene. He was sent. And He came on purpose. And He came on time. And He was sent with love. And He was sent to bless you and to bless me. In Galatians chapter 4, we read these words. But when the time had fully come, in the fullness of time... God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Adoption. Because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. 
So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. Father, we pray in these moments together that your spirit would be our guide and teacher. That our hearts would be opened and softened towards you. That our ears might be hollowed out. That we might hear not just my voice, but we would hear your voice. Holy Spirit, be present, evidently so, among us, we pray this morning. As your living and active word is spoken and heard, we pray, minister to us now. In Jesus' name, we ask it together. Amen. Amen. In the fullness of time. The fullness of of time, Not just any old time, not just an accidental moment of history, not just a sliver of curious season of history, but in the fullness of time, the Bible says, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under law. In the fullness of time, a time prepared by God. In the fullness of time, a time where God acted according to when He thought it was right to act. It was the moment ordained by God. It wasn't by accident. It wasn't just any old time. Some scholars say the fullness of time means that it was just the right epoch of history where the mission and the gospel of Jesus could go around the world. You see, in the, the fullness of time, 2,000 years ago, it was the time of the Roman Empire. And at the time of the Roman Empire gave, among military conquests and other things, it gave a civil society to an extent. It gave safe passage, relatively speaking. It, it created a network of roads where people could travel long distances with very little effort as opposed to uh, generations before. It was a time in world history when a single language was spoken around the known world for trade. It was the... Uh, the uh, was carried over into that time. And, and so the, the Pax Romana allowed this relative safety. And so some scholars would say the fullness of time allowed then the gospel to move forward. And that's likely so. I've preached about that before. What we know for certain from the scriptures that the fullness of time was God's moment. It was the moment that God had prepared. It was the moment that God said, now is the time it hadn't been ten years before or a generation before. It was in that moment. In the fullness of time, God sent forth the Son. God the Son was sent into the world. He was sent on purpose. He was sent on time. And He was sent out of a heart of God that overflowed with love for you and for me. In the fullness of time, it implies waiting. It describes in the earlier verses of chapter 4, it describes like a child who is waiting for a trust to be opened and available to him or to her. Many of you know what it's like to prepare a trust for a minor. You say, at a future time, I being the responsible adult and I having something to offer this minor child, I will set a time in the future and at that particular time that I choose as the responsible adult, this this that I set aside in trust for this minor will be made available to him or her at the time that I set. That's the way the Bible describes the moment of Christmas when Jesus enters into the world. It was the fullness of time. Time was pregnant for something to happen. And Jesus comes into the world. Not just any old life. Not just another name on a roster. He was 
the Son of God. He was the always being one. Never a time when Jesus was not the co-eternal Son of God. Part of the Godhead and the triune being of God. You see, all of the Old Testament religious law was given to lead people to Jesus. The Old Testament law in chapter 3 of Galatians, if you were to go back and read that today or this week, you would rediscover, rehear again that, that the law was given to help promote people to, in some way, to align themselves with the will of God. But the law, the, the rules of God, could never impart life. It could never impart the life God desired for a people. And so in order for your life to come to life in vibrancy with with God, Jesus had to come into the world. 2,000 years ago, Jesus enters into the world and all of the Old Testament stories of Israel come to fulfillment in the arrival of Jesus. In the person of Christ, He Himself would say, That all of the scriptures point to him. And as we come back and we read the scriptures now, we read it through the lens of the coming of Jesus at Christmas. All of the work of God in history culminates in the person of Jesus. That's why we spent the last month looking at this Jesse tree together. Where every ornament reminds us of some aspect of the Hebrew Scriptures. A moment where God entered into history and and interacted with the people in a particular way. And it wasn't just to take those moments where He created or He he came and and, and visited and, and welcomed David into kingship. It wasn't just for those moments of history. It was to help prepare a people, to prepare a world for us to look back and to see, I now see how all the dots connect throughout the Old Testament in the coming and the fulfillment of Jesus into this life. Of ours. You see, in the fullness of time, not just any old time, not an accidental moment, it was God ordained and prepared moment of history at just the right time. Jesus comes into the world stage, sent from heaven, sent on purpose, sent on time, and sent out of the overflowing heart of love of the Father for you and for me. You see, in the fullness of time, God sent his Son. The Bible says he was born of a woman. This is a phrase used uh, in Hebrew expression to, to merely, uh, it was a common Jewish expression to simply state that someone was a human. <laughs> How about that? We're reminded, the Apostle Paul is reminding us that Jesus is just as human as Francesca. Just as human as Rudy. Just as human as Eric. He was human, fully human, but not only human. He was born of a woman. He was also born of the law. Scholar Timothy George writes this, that not only was Jesus a man, he was a Jewish man, circumcised on the eighth day as all Jewish males were. He grew up in a Jewish home reading the Torah, praying to his heavenly father, attending synagogue, faithfully fulfilling as no one before or after him has ever done, All of the precepts and demands of the law. Jesus, in the fullness of time, was sent by God. Born of a woman. Fully human. Born under law. In a very specific family. In a very specific place. Why? Why was He born in such a way? 
The scripture says in Galatians 4, 4, but when the time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman, born under law to redeem those under law that we might receive adoption. My, my translation says that we might receive the full rights of sons. Why? Why does Christmas matter? Why would God do this? It's for to redeem you. It's for redemption. Because God wants to redeem you. You see, redemption is an old term that describes the, the purchasing of someone out of the slave market. The, the picture in our image is to be a slave market and slaves are being brought. They've been captured somewhere. They're being brought to the market. And instead of being sold to go and do work, someone steps in and pays a redemption price to take that slave in order to set that slave free. And the Bible says that in the fullness of time, the Son of God comes into the world. He comes on purpose, and the purpose is redemption. So that through His life and His death and His resurrection from the dead, you and I might know redemption. So that when we put our sins on Him, we confess our sins and we receive His forgiveness, we know the redemption of God. When Jesus died on the cross, He was laying down His money to pay for your redemption. To buy you out of slavery to sin and to set you free to live a life fully with Him. Why? Why in the fullness of time? Why did Jesus come? Was He born and, and laid in a manger and born in such simplicity? Why was He come in fully human form? It was to redeem those under the law. Galatians chapter 3, I'd love to invite you to go back this week and to read that. Because it really sets up where we're diving in here so well. Because it describes how none of us, not me, not you, no one, in our own efforts can ever be right and good with God. We can't take the law of the Old Testament and we cannot fulfill it. In fact, our attempts to do so crushes us under the weight of it. We, our family, went to the Royal BC, British Columbia Museum. And uh, they, they have a, a special exhibit there on, on ancient Egypt. And as you go through looking at these different uh, points uh, of really great things, materials and uh, sarcophagus and other things, Jake and I, my youngest son, we came across a, a little computer screen and, and we paused in front of it because it was a way of, of showing the way the ancient Egyptians thought about the afterlife. And how in the afterlife you, you would die on this earth and you, you would show up there at the gates and there would be this, this scale, as you can see here. And on one side of the scale is your heart represents your life, the things you did in your life. And the other part of the scale is a feather. And you are uh, to be asked some questions and the responses to those questions would determine whether your heart was lighter than a feather or heavier than a feather. And if your heart was laid out heavier than the feather, guess what? No access into eternal life. And so we would answer questions through this thing. And, and as we answered these questions, Jake and I, didn't we? We tried to be as honest as we could, didn't we? We wanted eternal life, didn't we, Jake? We thought we'd better be honest. And some of the questions were like, have you ever caused pain to someone else? And I wanted to put no. But we answered truthfully, didn't we? We said, yes. What happened to that scale? The heart got heavier, didn't it? 
questions like that. Do you remember one of the questions? Uh, yeah. Um, what about, like, have you ever lied? Have you ever lied? Oh, man. My heart got heavier and heavier with every question. I was never going to outweigh the feather with the goodness of my life. So, to an ancient Egyptian understanding of the afterlife, I would never be admitted in. You would never be admitted in. And so it is, even today, that if we depend upon my own goodness and just hoping that I would do enough good in my life that somehow at the end of days, God would measure out my part and put on the scale of life all of the good things I did and weigh it against all the bad things I did. And if that's what you trust in for your hope of eternal life, the Bible says that is the absolute wrong way to think about your forever life. In fact, nobody can do it. You're doomed. Because I tell you what, none of you are good enough to measure up. I'm certainly not. And I know, I know most of you. <laughs> but I want you to know, it is such a good thing that we do not depend upon our own goodness for God to say, welcome into your forever life. Welcome into your full life. Because God has come in the fullness of time. Jesus came. He was sent on purpose and on time. And out of the heart of the Father, overflowing with love for you. So that He can do for you what you can never do for yourself. He has come into the world to pay your ransom. To pay your redemption fee. So that you can be redeemed out of. A sense of trusting in that you hope you can do enough to let God be pleased with you. You can't do it, the Bible says so. You can't do it, but Jesus has done it for you. He has come. And so that in His perfect life, if you confess your sin to Him and you receive His forgiveness, then His perfection then is imputed to you, is given to you. God now looks at you as if He's looking at Christ Jesus Himself. Amen? 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 Do you agree with this? This is what the Bible says. And if you're hoping in anything else to know God and to know Him fully, then the Bible says you're looking in the wrong place. In the fullness of time, Christ has come. That is why Christmas, we ought to rejoice every year, maybe every day, because without Christmas, there is no death of Christ to pay your ransom, to pay your redemption fee on the cross. You see, when He went to the cross, He took your sin, all of the bad things that would weigh your heart down, He took them on Himself, that if you had received His forgiveness, His redemption now comes to you. Oh, it's so good. Because without Christmas, there is no payment and redemption Christ. And without the death of Jesus on the cross, there is no Easter. And with no Easter, there's no resurrection from the dead. And there is no hope for forever life. And there's no hope for your life or mine. But praise be to God that He has gone all the way to death and all the way to resurrection so that you and I might walk with Him. Give me a minute. I've got to find where I'm supposed to be. Your being with God is so important to God that Jesus came in the fullness of time 
in order to die eventually for you. In order to die, not just for the world, but for you and for you and for you. And Jesus has died for you and for you and for you. He's died for you. In the fullness of time, Jesus came into the world to redeem those under the law. If Jesus has not died for you, then you would not be able to truly know Him. If Jesus has not died for you, and you don't accept His forgiveness, then His grace cannot be known to you. If you could establish a relationship with God on your own, the Bible says, then Christ died for nothing. If you could do it on your own, Christ died for nothing. If there was no Christmas... There would be no hope. Why did He do it? He did it to redeem you. He did it to adopt you. To adopt you into His family. The Scriptures say to redeem those under the law in verse 5 that we might receive the full rights of sons. To adopt you into His family. You know, John chapter 1 is another well-known Christmas passage. And it's where it talks about in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. It talks about how dark the world was and Jesus is the light, steps into the, the darkness. But the dark world didn't recognize Him. And then it goes on and it describes this, that, that even though we're all creation of God, we're not all children of God in the technical sense. It's because it is Christ Jesus in His coming into the world and His death on the cross... And for those who would accept that gift of forgiveness, it is He who now gives you the right to become children of God. John chapter 1. He gave you the right to become children of God. It is God who through Christ Jesus adopts you into His family as a son or a daughter. For today, for today, the passage goes on. Why did He do it? He did it to redeem you. He did it to adopt you. And in verse 6, He says, When you were adopted because you were sons or daughters, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. The Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. If you're fully and truly adopted, then you're adopted for good. If you're fully and truly adopted, then all of the rights and privileges of that family comes to you. If you're a son or a daughter of God, then you are an heir to the promises of God. Your spirit, the spirit of Christ in you, when you pray daily to the Lord, it cries out out of this great deep connection to God. It cries out, Abba, Father, is a very, very intimate way of expressing a language to God. It's like saying, Daddy, Daddy, here I am. My heart cries out to you. I want to connect with you today. I need to know you better today. Hold me in this situation. Give me wisdom in this conversation. Go with me into this relationship. Help me. Abba, Father, my heart cries out to you. You see, it's for today, our life for today. There was a woman in a church who recently participated in a conversation about core values for that particular church. And when it was suggested by one of the members of this conversation that perhaps the core value of that particular church ought to be 
holding tightly to an individual sense of nurture in the Lord so that everybody is encouraged to walk daily with Christ, this person's response was quite shocking. The response was, well, if that is to be the core value of this church, then I'm going to leave and find a different church because I would rather be focused on the history of the church or the history of how the Bible came to be, not on the daily uh, requirements, the daily nurture of the Lord to walk with Jesus. It was a stunning turn of events for this particular church. You see... Jesus has come into the world, not just 2,000 years ago in history, but He has come for your redemption and for you to walk daily with Him, to be nurtured daily in Christ Jesus. He has also come for tomorrow so that your hope would be in Him, that you become an heir, an heiress to all of the promises and all that God is preparing for you. Why in the fullness of time did Jesus come? He came to redeem you. He came to adopt you. And He came because He loves you. Because He loves you. On this last Sunday of 2018, I don't want to leave the year without reminding you that God loves you. God loves you. God loves me. Can you say it with me? God loves me. God loves me. Now I want you to take whatever your your best, strongest hand, I want you to put it right over your, your heart, and I want you to pat yourself gently, be gentle with yourself, and say, God loves me. God loves me. That is why, in the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that He might redeem you, that He might adopt you, And to remind you that He loves you. God loves you. On this last Sunday of the year, it's a good time to consider, and I invite you today to consider whether you have received the love and the gift that the Son has come to give you. Have you come face to face with your personal sin before God, that which separates you from God, And confessed it. Confession just merely means I agree with you, God, that I am broken just like everybody else, and I am in need of your redemption. I need you to pay my price out of captivity to sin so that I can be set free to walk and live with you. If you've never offered a prayer like that to God, I want to invite you. There is a phone number on your bulletin, it's the phone number to the office, and I invite you today. Would you call that number this week? We would love to begin a conversation, maybe to explain this a little bit more, to look at the Scripture together and to talk about what it means for you to know the love of Jesus, what it means for you to be adopted into God's family, what it means for you to be redeemed in Christ Jesus. Maybe that has been your life for a lot of years. And on this last Sunday of 2018... I want to invite you to celebrate. If if you know that you're a son or a daughter of the King, I want to invite you to celebrate that fact. I want to invite you to celebrate that Jesus came on purpose, that Jesus came on time, that Jesus came out of a heart of the Father that overflowed with love for you.
Let's pray. Living God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this reminder that you did come. You came on purpose, and you came on time, and you came out of great love for us. So that when we look to you and really know you, God, we don't depend on our own goodness, that our heart might outweigh a feather at the end of our days. That we don't have to guess at our relationship with you. That when we truly repent of our sin and we confess that and receive your forgiveness, that we know, help us to know that we live and walk with you, that you live in us. You have come in order to redeem us, to buy us back and to set us free. You have come to adopt us into your family as a son, as a daughter. You have come because you love us. Thank you for your love. May we sing it well, invite you as we celebrate your great gift that at just the right time, in the fullness of time, you were sent into the world and sent into our lives. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing one last song together. It's in your, uh, your song sheet. I want to invite you to pull it out. Would you uh, stand with us as we sing? And uh, let's sing it well and with strong voice before the Lord.